0: Hi, I'm Connie Loises.
1: And this is Alex Gove.
0: And this is Strictly VC Download. happy July 4th weekend, dear listeners. Hope you have some fun summary plans ahead of you and that you will not be sweltering in another record-breaking heat wave. Enough is enough already, right? Before we unplug Strigly VC for a few days over here so we can enjoy some bomb pops and some beers, we recorded an interview with the founders of Newly Seeded Mighty, a seed stage startup that might Interest you, and we hope that you will enjoy learning about. It's a year-old LA-based startup that invites kids ages 8 through 14 to open up their own storefronts as both a means of project-based learning and to enable them to make some money and attain some independence in the process. But before we get to that interview, let's buzz through a couple of the week's news stories.
1: In yet another black eye for the SPAC market, The Department of Justice announced that it has launched an investigation into electric vehicle maker Lordstown Motors, which went public via a special-purpose acquisition company last October. Trading in Lordstown's stock was halted midday Friday, with shares down more than 16%. The DOJ announcement was just the latest in a series of missteps for the company. A little more than two weeks ago, for example, Lordstown Motors interim CEO Angela Strand and President Rich Schmidt stated that the company had 100,000 binding orders from consumers for its pickup. Enough money, they claimed, to fund limited production of its electric pickup truck through May 2022. When the short-seller firm Hindenburg Research questioned this assertion, Lordstown was forced to admit that the orders were not binding. They were more akin to expressions of interest. It's interesting to note that Strand's and Schmidt's statements were made right around the time that the company and two top executives, CEO Steve Burns and CFO Julio Rodriguez, parted ways due to Burns' overly optimistic comments about Lordstown's supposedly bright future. Nevertheless, the real story here continues to be a system that allows half-assed companies like Lordstown Motors to go public based on the pixie dust of Silicon Valley promoters who are not locked up and ultimately have very little skin in the game. Will stories like the DOJ's investigation of Lordstown finally dampen the dreams of retail investors who want to use SPACs to get rich quick? Sadly, the answer is almost certainly no.
0: In other news, conflicts of interest are never very far away in a venture-backed company where startups and their boards are often in some ways inherently at odds. Think about it. The savviest founders are looking to minimize the ownership of their venture backers while VCs naturally want to own as much of a company as they can. It's because VCs need their companies to thrive combined with their fiduciary duty to act in the startup's best interests that these boards work at all. Still, you can imagine cracks beginning to appear given the velocity of deal making right now. If you read Strictly VC, you see it. You see $70 million seed rounds, a $1.5 billion A round, company after company raising $100 million plus venture rounds mere months after closing their last round. It's because things are moving so fast that it wasn't surprising this week when my colleague over at TechCrunch, Natasha Mascarenas, reported that Bessemer Venture Partners and the founder of Hinge Health had a bit of a falling out. When the Bessemer partner who led the Hinge investment more recently funded another company that Hinge's CEO deemed a little too close to his own business. The two seem to have worked things out, at least in that Hinge made its dissatisfaction known and Bessemer installed a new investor on Hinge's board. For my money, though, I'd bet these conflicts are bubbling up at more companies as VCs who've raised enormous funds are busily deploying all that capital. The simple fact is that faster deal making leaves everyone with a lot less time to think through potential conflicts of interest or to carefully review the procedural steps, or even, in the case of Hinge Health, have a conversation so that both sides are clear about expectations. Indeed, in talking with Natasha, Hinge's CEO, Daniel Perez, almost seemed more frustrated that Bessemer hadn't shown him the courtesy of discussing this new deal than anything else. As he told her, you don't develop a great reputation with entrepreneurs if you invest in competitive situations, particularly without giving those entrepreneurs a heads up.
1: Up next, our interview with the founders of Mighty. But first, a word from our sponsor.
0: We're rolling into the long holiday weekend. And in true American style, TechCrunch is offering a 4th of July sale on tickets to not just one, but all four TechCrunch events remaining in 2021, TC Early Stage, TC Disrupt, TechCrunch Session SaaS, and TechCrunch Session Space. Our 4th of July ticket sale starts today through July 6th, where you can get two tickets for the price of one on any of these TechCrunch events coming soon to a virtual platform near you. You can find all of our events and lock in your two-for-one ticket rate at techcrunch.com forward slash events. Mighty, a young startup that's building what can best be described as a Shopify for kids. The company, founded by Ben Goldhirsch and Dana Morello, is very much a work in progress, as the two told us during a call earlier this week. But $6.5 million in seed funding and a long list of investors, including a co-founder of Riot Games, should certainly help the company on its mission to help more children push away from the kids' table. Here's that conversation. Dana, Ben, great to meet you both. Tell us a little bit about what you are building and also how you came together.
2: Dana and I met when she was starting a company called ProFounder, and I was a small investor at the angel stage of that company. And then we became friends through that. And she went on to Etsy and then Sidewalk Labs. And I had known her as someone who had always cared very deeply about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs specifically. And when I started working on this project, I reached out to her and was like, hey, I'm trying to build something to support small entrepreneurs, like young entrepreneurs. Would you be down to bring that same energy and expectation? Because the thing that I really wanted at the onset of this was not to treat this as a joke project, like not to be like, oh, you're a kid, like this is just a cool little kid thing, but rather like we think kids are impressive, powerful humans, and we think they have a tremendous amount of capability and we want to meet them where they are not trap them at the kids' table. If anything, we want to be a place to escape the kids' table. Mighty was an accidental project in that I have two daughters. I got very worried. We've been living outside of the States for the last couple of years, and my kids are at this amazing school, but there's six kids. It's a one-room schoolhouse in the jungle Costa Rica, and I got concerned that upon re-entry to the States, they'd be behind their peers And so I basically started tutoring them after school, and I was using Khan Academy, I was using Brilliant, I was using any software platform I could to try to make sure they were on pace. And there was a lot of friction there, because they were like, fuck you, dad, like, I just finished school, and now you're going to make me do more school. And so I was really failing at something that I thought was really important and should be fun, because I was like, gosh, you guys are such impressive powerful young women don't you be stoked about math and yet i'm failing to give you a context that gets you excited about it and so in that failure i was like i'm just going to give up on this tutoring approach that i'm doing and i'm just going to say why don't you start your own business and i'll back you you want to start a bracelet business cool what's the startup capital you need to buy the basic materials to get a basic shopify account something that you could start your business and the one thing i'll ask is i want you to make a little business plan for me And they did that and they launched this little business and it was for them a huge success from an EBITDA standpoint, because all of a sudden they were making a few hundred dollars. And for them, that's a big amount of money. And for me as a father, I was like, wow, this was a successful project-based learning effort. They're doing this cool thing, the math concept that I was struggling to push on them. All of a sudden they're pulling for themselves and needing to figure out for their own business. And I got a benefit that I really wasn't expecting, which is beyond the sort of educational piece. They just puffed their chests out a bit and had the CEO pride of like, hey, I'm a boss. I have my own company and kids at school want to work for me. I have real customers and I have real needs to meet. And now all of a sudden I have real profit that I earned. And you don't want to buy me ice cream? Buzz off. I'll go get my own ice cream. And it was this like really awesome experience. And my friends were like, hey, how do I do this for my kid? And I walked them through the process. They're like, ah, you know, I've got to, I got to, too much on my plate. I can't take this on. And at that point, I was like, gosh, what a shame. Why isn't there a 21st century lemonade stand? Why isn't there something super easy where kids can get busy launching their own businesses? for all the reasons and benefits that I'd experienced.
0: I think it's so interesting. And Ben, like I told you over email, we have a newly minted 14 year old who's been looking for a job and I've been reaching out to everyone I know to see if they'll put him to work for a few weeks this summer. Of course, when I saw your pitch, I thought, oh, that's, that's really brilliant. I'm sure there's a lot of kids in similar situations to your daughters. And also, candidly, as a lot of real world locations disappear, more is happening online, this seems to make a lot of sense. One question I have, of course, is stick-to-itiveness. So kids, of course, can focus on a lemonade stand for an afternoon, make a lot of money. It's great. But I do wonder about how long kids want to maintain a storefront. So tell me exactly when you launched and a little bit about what you're seeing on the platform.
2: Yeah. So we launched a year ago. And you're right. There are a lot of kids who are just like, I came here for a weekend to make some money. And now what? And there are a lot of kids who are like, well, actually, this is my jam and I'm now doing this and I'm making real money and I'm going to keep iterating. But I think what we're trying to figure out is how to serve both those groups. Take this one entrepreneur, Ross, who's an awesome CEO on our platform. And we were talking with him and his mother the other day, and he was laying out all the different things he's doing. So on Mighty, he runs RJ Masks and more, which is basically an online mask store that he designs masks and other stuff. But him and his mother were like, well, this is just one thing I'm doing. I also have a landscaping business that I want to run. And I also want to make these board games. And so I think what we've been realizing is that kids, while they may not want to operate a particular business, they do have a real entrepreneurial identity. So I think a big goal for us is not to sort of force people into like, oh, this is going to be a nine to five thing. You're going to grind on this thing. It needs to stay on this trajectory. But rather, this is like a cool laboratory to experiment and try lots of different stuff. And yeah, but hopefully you're going to make some money that you can enjoy or save or give. But more than that, hopefully you're going to earn a lot of self-respect and excitement and you're going to grow on that. That's what we're seeing. And we just launched a community aspect where kids can start inspiring each other. And we're shocked by the type of engagement we're seeing.
1: Ben, how many kids are using the platform right now, realizing, of course, that it's early days?
2: So right now, I think we have a little over 3,000 CEOs on the platform, but we're still basically in beta. We haven't marketed this at all. We haven't done any press whatsoever. The reason why we wanted to have this conversation with you is that we're going out to recruit the next chunk of teammates now that we just closed the seed round. But we have a lot of work to do before we think this product is really awesome. It's working. Kids love it. But the cool thing, and more than any other business I've been involved in, our customers are pissed. They want more from us. They're constantly mad at us about what's not good enough. And so we have a lot of work to do to deliver for our CEOs, and we work for them. Like We have kids who want to run service-based businesses, but they're not allowed to on our platform. You have to do this third-party dropshipping
1: going forward where are the major revenue centers for the company is it enhanced services is it credit card processing fees is it referral fees to shopify as entrepreneurs graduate to different platforms how are you guys going to make money
2: we have a variety of revenue streams i think the biggest bracketing would be in that freemium sense of like hey there's free services and there's premium services there's revenue share on the businesses they're doing through their environments and then there's a variety of other things that we think offer great potential One of our lead investors is the co-founder of Riot Games, and he really pushed us to be patient on the revenue side of this. He's seeing what we're seeing in terms of the curve of engagement, the curve of CEOs, and how many are becoming super CEOs, meaning showing up 30 times a month, and really pushing Dana and I to be like, all right, let's let's focus on the health of the community, the health of the platform. We're in a fortunate place where we have runway basically through the end of 2022 without needing any revenue. We just need to work on making sure that this is the best environment for your entrepreneurial journey. And we are your partner on that journey. If we can earn that, I think there's a lot of great business lines that can really be symbiotic with the experience our CEOs have.
0: Are a lot of the kids on the platform making stuff versus selling them? What are some of the more interesting businesses that you're seeing?
3: Right now, we offer two ways that you can sell and make money on Mighty. You can sell things that are in the Mighty catalog. And we have a partnership with Novica, which is part of National Geographic that has things made by global artisans and some other socially responsible brands that we love. And that's really how we got started. And then about six months ago, we launched the ability for we have an integration with Printful where you can design your own products to launch. And that's been the most exciting change in our business to introduce that creativity where kids can just put their own design on a hoodie or on a tote bag or iPhone case. And then most interestingly, and this came about through the demand from our CEOs and kind of got into it, which is that once CEOs design those products, they could put those in the mighty catalog alongside the other products we have. And other CEOs could choose to sell their products So now we see about a quarter of the sales that are happening, are CEOs selling each other's products, which has probably been the coolest thing for us to observe is the kids supporting one another in this economy.
1: Are you guys going to offer some way for creators to reach an audience outside of their friends and family?
2: There's a big demand right now for that marketing capability. And we are working with some beta users to test out our response to that demand. But I think we've got a blended responsibility to the CEOs and their business needs and also to their parents to ensure that it's a safe environment. And so we are working on some of the responses to that now.
0: Dina, I just wondered how your experience at Etsy colors your approach. Yeah. I mean, super applicable.
3: I've been surprised pleasantly how many things are common amongst adult entrepreneurs and kid entrepreneurs. So for example, one commonality is that for new entrepreneurs, it's not intuitive that you need to market your business and you need to invest in sales. So I've told just as many adults as I'm now telling kids, hey, publishing a website isn't enough to make sales. You now need to market. And it's so exciting to think about someone learning that lesson about selling and comfort and telling their story and confidence at 10 and 13. So they don't need to learn that lesson like many Etsy sellers in their 30s, 40s and more.
0: You know, it's interesting. I think this is terrific. Of course, also covering entrepreneurship as long as I have and being one, I see the ups and downs of starting something. It can be at times exhilarating. It can be at times depressing. So if the goods are not selling, it can be a bummer. How do you talk to kids about this? How do parents think about this? Are you getting any pushback from people who are saying entrepreneurship is not as glamorous as it's been made out to be? And maybe you shouldn't be trying to encourage kids to start these outfits.
3: Interestingly, I mean, we haven't gotten much pushback on entrepreneurship itself, more so the opposite of what an awesome lesson to learn that you can fail and pick yourself back up and try again. And we're seeing kids learning that from each other. We have this community, as Ben mentioned, that we just launched a few weeks ago. And one of the the most popular thread in that is a CEO asking, hey, I haven't made a sale yet. Did anybody else here make a sale? And the other CEOs chiming in and say, yeah, I did. It took me two weeks and I had to ask 20 people before I did. And someone chiming in saying, I did make a sale and the way I did it was that I posted on social media. So seeing kids learn from each other and do that is, is the beauty of entrepreneurship is them reinforcing to each other. It's okay. Keep trying and it will work out with that effort and time.
0: That, that's great. I didn't know if you wanted to add anything to that, Ben.
2: I think it's a huge lesson. If you can digest that there's success in the effort, you are taking a big step forward as a human. And I think you're building some really core muscles that allow you to take... Successes or failures, and pull from them lessons and human capital that you can grow on. And so, I'm really excited for my kids and for other kids to be able to have that now and to have the support system of these other CEOs who are going through it with them. It's cool. We haven't had the pushback. There are definitely kids who are like, oh, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. I can't just launch the site and just watch money roll in. But I think they're saying that to us with a smile. And I think they like the fact that the success they are seeing, they're earning because we're not doing it for them.
0: Right. And then, guys, I think, Ben, you touched on this a second ago, uh, but can you tell me a little bit more about the fulfillment side and what the plan is there going forward?
3: Sure. So one of, I think, the coolest insights uh, about the the initial products that kids are selling on Mighty is that it's all drop-shipped, right? So one of the challenges to entrepreneurship, Connie, you mentioned the challenges are numerous, so we want to lower the friction to getting started, is if you have to make something, get to the post office, mail that thing, track that that package arrived. Right now, we're taking care of all that for you. You choose what you want to sell from the catalog, or you create your own product by putting your design onto a mock of a blank that you like, put it into your shop. And then when a customer orders it, the
0: vendor that makes
3: that product is going to receive that order and ship it directly to your customer for you.
0: Great. And then in terms of marketing and how you're thinking about social media, and Ben, you mentioned that you, of course, want to be careful here, but what are you suggesting to the kids? Because obviously a lot of D2C is tied very closely to social media.
2: So one of the positives that we're seeing is a lot of CEOs are starting their own social media accounts for their businesses. And in interviews with their parents, we're hearing their parents really excited that their introduction to social media is coming through this practical use. And so rather than social media being this identity mirror, you are like, oh, how, what do people think about me? they're seeing social media as an asset that they can use for their goals. I really like that given the delicate nature of how youth engage in social media. This feels like a really positive way to enter and learn about the space and also understanding the workings underneath it. So you're someone who's holding the levers and not necessarily being a pawn in that system. So that's what we're seeing to date is that it's a pretty positive relationship between Mighty and the social environments.
0: Um wondering about Shopify. I don't know if they have any limitations on how young someone can be on the platform, but I'd be curious to know if you know that. And also if you've talked to them, if you have any concerns about competing with them, if this starts to gain traction, Shopify says, hey, why don't we just open up our
2: our know, platform to focus on a younger yeah, demographic? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talk with them a lot and we've got good relations. We know that this is not a near term priority for them. Now, I think once Mighty has millions of CEOs who are active and doing great stuff, is this going to be an appetizing space? Probably. Do I think they can just open up the marketing aperture and deliver? Not from what we're currently seeing, because I think part of what we're providing is the tools, but a big part of it is the community and being focused on being your actual partner and not just providing you the software. But that's not to say that we don't look at Shopify and say, oh, my goodness, they're hiring a thousand engineers in New York. And we're also contemplating how can we partner up with folks like that? We don't want to be foolish and compete when there's opportunities to collaborate. And at the same time, we've got work ahead of us and we just have to focus and execute and see what the future holds.
1: Sounds great. I was just. Thinking, you know, when investors start sniffing around the platform and want to invest in some of your CEO's companies, then we've truly hit the top of the market.
2: (laughs) Right. I mean, it would be so fun. I was tempted to bring some of our CEOs into this. We were able to close this round of capital with largely internal investors just because the progress is pretty positive. But if we were going to end up going out to the market, I was thinking about including some of our CEOs just so they could see hey, this is how it works, this is what it looks like when you sell a slice of your company for cash that you can then invest in your business. There are some CEOs who are coming up on the Mighty Platform who I would invest in right now.
1: Have any of the CEOs asked for stock in your company?
2: There's been some conversations. There's been some conversations. And some of them are like, yeah, this is a fair point you're making. Like You're doing incredible work. We need to figure out how to make sure that there's great alignment between headquarters and the CEOs who we work for. And I do feel really lucky that everyone on our team and our investor base is really committed to this project and the mission and these community of CEOs. And so I think we're constantly going to be creative to think about that. But I know you're partly joking, but we talk about that stuff and we take it seriously.
0: Also, guys, is there a subscription component here?
2: Not yet. We're going to be testing that out in Q1 probably with some features that we think would merit it. A big thing for us right now is to make sure the platform's available. When we started Mighty, we thought a lot of the people on it would look like my kids were like, oh, their parents are finding it for project-based learning. But we have a lot of CEOs who are finding us because they straight up need money. And they're like, hey, my sister's pregnant and I need to help make money so I can buy baby food for her. Or my mom lost her job and I'm worried about being evicted. I need to help make money. And so... Our focus right now is being their partner in earning and their partner in entrepreneurship and really their partner in money. And if we do a great job there, I'd be excited to be at a place where we can comfortably charge. But I hope we always have a valve for people to participate and take advantage of this platform for free and find an entrepreneurial partner in Mighty without having to put any money down, because I think that's really important for the next generation.
0: What is the age range here?
2: you'd be shocked. If some of those examples aren't that old. Those are examples of 11-year-olds or 12-year-olds. There are kids who are pretty mature. We were talking today in our team meeting about how absurd it is to see a largely sub-13 group in this community being so proactive and supportive and thoughtful with each other. This is not the reputation pre-teens necessarily hold, but that's our focus is you know really 8 to 13 is where we're trying to meet our CEOs because we think that's the biggest hole in the market and where they have the least support and it's hardest for them to find partners to really have their back and escape from the kids table. And that's where they're really trapped at the kids table and feel that tension of like, I'm actually pretty powerful and smart. How come I can't actually play for real? So that's our target from an age standpoint.
0: It's fascinating. Well, guys, I wish you a lot of luck. Please do keep us in touch with the company's progress. I'm definitely going to be sharing this with my sons and encouraging them to check it out.
3: Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much.
0: everyone. Hope you have a very safe, fun weekend. Thank you for listening.